Welcome to Talking In Stations. Uh, this is Matterall here. Uh, the date is, help me out, Rundle. April 26th. 26th. Thank you. All right, April 26th. And uh, we have an industrial show for you today in preparations for tomorrow's patch. We know it's going to be a big one. And we assume it's going to be industrial changes that are coming. So we're going to look into that uh, with our net, with our guest. We'll introduce him in just a minute. Uh, first, I want to say hi to Rundle. How are you doing? Great. I uh, here after a successfully uh, surviving the long weekend. Well, not the long weekend. Felt like a long weekend. Let me put it that way. I survived. I'm here. <laughs> Let's put all those in a different order. Uh, okay. So if you uh, managed to catch yesterday's show, it's a pretty good one. We had Vili and Dunk on, and a little bit unexpected. The show kind of evolved uh, into that, but we talked about the transition that's happening right now into in the war where uh, the last Keepstar outside of the 1DQ constellation is going down um, probably in the next 24 hours, if, if it's not uh, not down, right? Yeah, so probably in the next 24 hours. Uh, and this signals a change, uh, a massive change, uh, in that the final assault on 1DQ will probably begin. And uh, what we saw yesterday over the weekend, too, was uh, all the groups kind of pausing and saying, let me update our, our people to let them know what's going on. So you saw Gobbins have a town hall. You saw Villian Progod have a meeting with their guys. We assume the rest of the Pappy forces had meetings. And uh, the fireside chat was about that same transition. Uh, that was from the Imperium side of things. So basically people are pausing to say, look, this is what's going to happen. We're transitioning now to this final assault phase. Okay. Uh, Let's actually um, go over some of the headlines, and then we'll bring in our guest and uh, and talk uh, with him. Actually, I better introduce you now because you're on camera, so it would just be awkward if you were just sitting there. Yeah, all right. <laughs> Let's actually uh, meet Revendal, is it? Is that how you say it? Yeah, Revendal. Well, Revendal, yeah. Yeah. Nice to meet you. You're uh, a young man with uh, a very wise old voice, which is, which is nice. <laughs> yeah, I always get commented on that. <laughs> All right. Well, good. It's nice to meet you. Tell us a little bit about yourself, like when you started EVE and what you got, in, got you interested in it in the first place, stuff like that. Ooh, so I started EVE in, what is it, probably 2012 with a very long intermittent breaks, because like everybody else, I was introduced into the game by a random friend that then far too quickly pulled me right into Nilsack, not knowing what I was doing at all. Um, so that didn't go for very long. Eventually I came back via some other friends um, and was quickly projected into Wormel space actually. But I found a really, group, a really good group there at the time. And um, yeah, they, they, that made me really stick around uh, with with the community. Mainly, it's all about the community for me, yeah. or my corp, really. Yeah. Um, well, that corp has been through various transitions, and I'm in a different corp now anyway, but the... Yeah. <laughs> so Started in Wormel Space, then worked... Uh, let's see. So after that, we went to Providence, which eventually fail-skated into... Uh, by Wrecking Crew. And from there, we moved to various places and we are currently in in the Recon Alliance. In So that's part of Panfam Group. Right. And our corp is Aero Engineers. Oh, Recon. You're with Recon. Okay. So what's your corp Recon. name again? 
error engineers or oh. error engineers. It's a little oh. bit of how you spell it. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, look, it's nice to meet you. Welcome to uh, Talking in Stations. Hang out with us while we talk a little bit about news, uh, Rundle and I. And you can feel free to comment if you if you want to. And then we're going to sure. talk about uh, some of the cool things that you've been up to with the industrial stuff that's on its way. Okay, uh, Rundle. Let's look at the news. Uh, over the weekend, as I said before, that some of the larger groups that are involved in the war had their meetings. Uh, they had Gobbins with his town hall, Progod and Vili had their meeting, and uh, Matani did a fireside, which he normally does on now Sunday. It used to be every Saturday, but I think uh, he mentioned that he wanted to move it to Sunday so that he could react to the other uh, things that were going on instead of going first. Did you, uh, Rundle, did you hear these, by the way, any chance? No, that was part of my survival plan was to, to avoid <laughs> them. Uh, I figured if I got sucked into that, um, then I would. No, I, I unfortunately, I just was a little too busy. So I've been catching up on notes. There's been a lot of people out there who have been summarizing and stuff. I, that's where I've been getting my news from. Yeah. So, uh, and uh, and we're going to cover that uh, on detail on Wednesday anyways, right? So I got a couple of days to really sit down and listen to them. And Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, I'll give you just yeah. a, uh, the broad strokes were that uh, Gobbins uh, had a town hall and he talked to about basically where they were and how um, the war had gone so far and that they were going to be attacking 1DQ. That was going to be, to him, it seemed like that was going to be the finale of the war. So there's there's a data point there. And uh, he said, don't expect a big rush and a massive push with, with everything all at once. It's going to be something that's slow and methodical. And uh, he basically said, if you're looking for that big, you know, giant uh, M2 style fight, uh, that's probably not going to happen. And there's some confusion around this uh, because uh, that comment was something that uh, the Imperium seized on. But uh, talking with Gobbins and getting some clarity, he was saying, that's not what I said. I said, we're not going to do that at first. If it happens, it happens. That anytime there's a big fight, it's usually a mistake. M2 is actually a mistake. Uh, and that's true for all of Eve's history, really. There are very few head-on collisions with, um, with everything you've got. There are very few of those. There's a lot of size strength checks, they call them. Um, but there's not necessarily an actual collision and commitment of forces. Uh, it usually takes some kind of a slip-up, unexpected situation for that to happen. Gobbins is saying the same thing in in this. He's saying, don't look for that fight to happen. If it if it comes to that, it may come to that fine. But he doesn't see that as happening because the plan isn't to bring everything to bear at once. The plan is to slowly erode the structure integrity of the constellation over time, just like they've been doing it for the last few months. And that's been a successful plan for them. This is a whole different scenario because in 1DQ, there are a lot of Imperium people, thousands. So they didn't defend everything else in Delve that much. They're definitely going to defend 1DQ. Situation's different. We'll see if their strategy works out. Progod and Vili said essentially the same thing. They said, after this Keepstar falls, we move into the siege. Um, he remarked on a great number of things, but one thing I thought was interesting, the big takeaway for me with Pro God Legend was saying, uh, if they're going to bring everything to bear. So he was saying they're going to bring capitals. Everything's a part of it. And 
He also said, make sure that you are ready to go because the fights are going to happen really fast. And that's important. These are going to be, it's going to be lightning strikes, um, rush forms. I think the, the people who can bring the most amount of pressure to bear the quickest can get in and get out possibly, or can take advantage of mistakes. And I think that's a very volatile situation. You have a lot of people on standby, constantly being vigilant. Uh, things can go sideways at any time. So it's going to be really interesting. And then finally, oh, also Avili in that conference ticked off how much damage they have done over the last month. And uh, it's astounding when you sit back and think about how many keep stars have been destroyed, how many structures have been destroyed. And uh, you can say, hey, we don't really care about those structures anyway, but uh, the sheer number, again, another data point, is a huge amount of fortune that has been destroyed, and some of it dropped as loot. Uh, Matani, for his side, on the fire side, um, was even <laughs> one of the first questions that came at him after he did his, uh, his speech was, why are you angrier today than you were on the meta show? <laughs> like this, And uh, he said, because I've been thinking about it more. And so uh, a lot of his anger was aimed at uh, Gobbins and the comment of, uh, we're not going to fight you with our with our big assets or whatever. And uh, uh, the Imperium wants that fight. That's, that's a possibility for them to win. Uh, instead of slowly being eroded where they can't do much about it, uh, they're looking for that opportunity to have a head-on collision because they might win that. They might also lose it, but they might win that. And that's really been their strategy. They want to provoke a fight. Um, but what he did talk about, which was interesting, again, another data point, asset safety. Started going over the ins and outs of asset safety. And that tells you what they're preparing for. So a lot of these messages, all three of these, are we're doing great, guys. Um, but we got to prepare and we got to do things this way. That's what those things are for. But you'll find that the moments where it's a little quieter, where it's a little more downplayed, there's some truth to those moments. And so the fact that the Imperium are looking at asset safety tells you something. That's a reality now. Uh, it's also a way of softening something like floating a balloon, a trial balloon to say like, you know, how are people going to react to this? And it's kind of like softening people into it. So you mentioned something one week and then two weeks later you mention it a little bit more and then four weeks later you talk about how this is a reality and you've eased people into the reality that uh you needed to instead of just waiting four weeks and then uh you know shocking people so these guys yeah. know how not to shock their players setting it setting a runway or, or setting up a storyline or a narrative is the other way of thinking about it that's on all sides, not just not just the. It's a technique uh, of leadership. Uh, Imperium side, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Okay, so that's basically, and they're, and, and they're all showing that, right? They're yeah. all exhibiting. All of the leaders on all sides are really this weekend. That's my takeaway. Um, was they really all kind of stepped up and really just kind of really started describing this next phase all together? They really talked in unison about a next phase. That to me was the big takeaway. So it's here. It is now. Uh, all three sides agree, basically. Right. Or both sides. Yeah, both sides, I guess. Right. So, all right. So another thing that uh, happened was, um, okay, so we want to tell you, we're going to take care of uh, that in much more detail in the future on Wednesday. Um, we're going to skip a day because of the patch that's coming through. We're going to want to focus on that. But, um, panic. what's that? Panic. Panic. Yeah. We're going to talk about the panic. 
<sighs> but you'll want to um, you want to be here Wednesday when we actually listen to the audio recordings of these leaders and break it down. We have like a reaction stream to it, that sort of thing. So you want to you want to check that out. Okay, I'm going to pop something up here on screen that uh, I want to show you guys. Can you turn off your screen for a second there, uh, Rev? Uh, yeah, sure. Because yeah, we're going to get to yours next, but I want to share my screen with this really cool thing that um, came out. Let's see if that came up. It didn't, so try that again. Oop, one second. All right, there it is. So this guy made a painting on Reddit, he, not on Reddit, but he made a painting. It's Ashra Khan. Let me actually get to it. There it is. And it's Matar. Uh, so this artist uh, depicted Matar. Let's see if I can make that bigger. Should be able to just click on it. Yeah, it's, I'm working with all kinds of size issues because I'm on a laptop with the streaming screen. I should probably <laughs> get new, get monitors. Uh, and do this right but it's all good it's a very nice painting yeah yeah well we'll give that to you but this is really cool because he actually went through lore stuff and figured out uh using descriptive language what what it should look like and so he was able to draw it and uh and that's what he came up with i'll give you guys the link to that now uh so we're going to look at this later on, probably on the weekend, but uh, I just, I think it's fantastic artwork. Let's get in there close. You can see uh, he's got islands and stuff. And I think all these landmarks are called out in, in uh, you know, EVE Online backstory literature. Uh, so for him to put that together is kind of neat. We've seen this, something like this before, the D&D &D map that was made, D&D uh, &D style map that was made. So... But this is really cool, and um, definitely check that out there on uh, Reddit. Give them some kudos. So I'm guessing that all these places are relevant in the lore for Matar? Yeah, the Jade Coast, um, the Greater Sobaki Desert. Um, these are all things that might have been described in um, Chronicles, uh, but it's never been visualized. Yeah. Well, the Jade Coast being visualized in that uh, commercial. Oh, that's right. <laughs> You're yeah. right. You're right. So this, the artist here basically went through all of that lore and that's kind of worked work. it out, right? Yeah. Uh, Farah Orta, uh, I think here's who we're talking about who did it. Yeah. And uh, he went through all the different archives and you know literature, books, online, wherever, and just really kind of put his mind to laying it out in, a, in an art, in a, in a, in a you know, a, a painting like this, full of artwork. Yeah. All right, it's awesome. So you guys can uh, check that out, and uh, that will be on Reddit. We'll we'll look at this again, I think, maybe on the uh, weekend show. We'll have a look at it. All right. Uh, I think the last thing we need to do is uh, Rundle. You going to tell us about what do you got? Well, I got a couple uh, quick things there. I've, I've put some uh, – there's some links for you to follow along if you want. I'll kind of hit uh, a few of the quick oh, items okay. here. Make it kind of quick here, two or three minutes. Bombers Bar uh, completed their 48-hour fleet. They actually went 52 hours. CCP Convict came out. I caught a number of the streams. Various people were streaming it. looked like a lot of fun. Uh, there's just some raw numbers here for you guys. They, uh, like I said, 52 hours of fleet time. Quite impressive. 
212 holes were rolled, 53 billion killed. They, uh, they got three Rorks, a Moros, a Revelation, a Thanny, and then a Titan was bubbled. The frat leader uh, bosoned half the fleet. Um, that was, uh, I heard some, uh, some, some comments that that was the first Titan that a number of these pilots had seen, and they kind of dropped on him. It was quite interesting. Most expensive ship was a 6.4 billion Rourke. And they had 122 people at the largest point. So it's quite impressive. They did a really good job uh, over the weekend. I read a few pieces here and there. I won't go into all the details, Twitter and stuff like that. A lot of people had a lot of fun. And like I said, the streams I watched uh, looked like people were having a good time. Awesome. So that was excellent. Um, news, just in general, uh, we have um, three brand new packs. Uh, we talked about this last week when uh, this last weekend was the last time to buy these new starter packs. So those have been added to the Eve store. Uh, they do revolve a little more around the um, the new, uh, what sort I'm looking for? Uh, the um, the new experience packs, right? I'm looking for it here. So I can scroll. Expertise? Yeah. yeah, the new expertise pack. Um, the Only the most expensive one, here's what I want to really spit out. Only the most expensive one has the skill points. Um, the Plex doesn't grow as big as the previous ones, but so they are... Um, you know, kind of more around the expert systems. That's what I was looking for. So yeah. they do revolve around the expert systems. Um, celebrating EVE Online's 18th birthday, they have announced a player video contest. So you can, uh, you know, propose or send up your own uh, video and they have some winners uh, or prizes set up for the winners. Uh, 3,000 Plex, 6 million Omega or six months Omega, sorry, and an Arctic IMT EVE Online Edition watch, second place, a couple thousand Plex, and four months of Omega, and uh, EVE Collector's Edition USB Rifter, third place, a thousand Plex, two months of Omega, and the same uh, Collector's Edition USB Rifter. So there's all the rules and stuff are linked on the news site. I can provide those links for you later. Uh, just as a reminder for those people interested in the CSM 16, today is the day that they opened for application processing. It goes from now, the 26th of April, to the 14th of May. So it's about three weeks to get all your applications in and processed. Oh, I'm, um, I'm looking the graphics there. Hold on. You're talking about the CSM all right, 16? All right. Yeah, I'm a little bad. Yeah, CSM 16. I, you yeah, move just on, given though. the date. Hold on. Before you move on, can we just take a, a, yes. a real quick look at the Katya statue here? Yeah, it's just so beautiful the way they've dressed this up with fireworks and everything. Absolutely. Yep. Sorry. It's Katya say. Let me say to people in chat here that are looking at this live, we have a Katya uh, emoji. So pop that into chat. You'll see it's a this little head with the black hair. That's that's Katya. So you can pop that into here. I'll do that for you. I uh, just want to celebrate that picture because it's so good. Uh, <laughs> somebody put up a gopher no not that one it's this one here i'll put that in there you go somebody hey hermit took found it all right yeah, anyway a slower from those yeah is well, that the that. uh a mark queen that's got sleeper minded no this uh this statue is of a player uh, named katya oh. say who's who basically went to every system uh including every wormhole system that Eve uh, has. So she did it first. Class one. Ah, explorer. right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And never died and didn't die once doing <laughs> it. Never died, yeah. Okay, died, yeah. let's move on then to... Yep. Um, 
There's another link here. So real important. I think at the top of the show, we kind of said, you Oops. know, uh, that we, we think it's happening tomorrow. No, it was confirmed by CCP Paradox uh, on Twitter. In other news, phase two of the industry update will arrive to tranquility tomorrow. There so it is. it is confirmed that we will get the industry change on the 27th tomorrow, which if you got that there. Panic. Right. There you go. Panic. There you go. All right. Uh, okay. And, uh, you know, that'll lead us to, yeah, that's going to end up leading us to our guests really well. But just before that, I just want to give a very special hello to Abby Roba's fiance. Thank you for listening. Although with our guest today, I could be in trouble with his deep, luscious voice. And so with that, <laughs> we should go on to the interview. Okay. I missed all that. But okay. Now you can share your screen. Right? Um, all right. Let me get back into it. Yeah. All right. We're going to transition right. to the interview now with our industrialist friend. You got to know him a little earlier in the show. And uh, now we're going to look at, uh, talk about industry for the rest of the show and look at a yep. tool that he built. Uh, how, what do you so, want to start with? Again, I am. Oh, well, well, I guess first of uh, well, like I said, I'm Revendell, and I am a pretty big um, industry nerd, I suppose, with making tools and that sort of stuff. Um, also, really like all the aspects of the game, actually, like uh, small, medium gang PvP with a corp. That's uh, our national pastime. But uh, as my own thing, what has really happened is uh, basically um, I started using doing industry and ended up really liking it. But what the issue was that I had is that every time I wanted to build anything, I needed to make an entire new spreadsheet. So eventually I made my own tool instead, um, where instead of you know just building one single thing, I could list a whole list of items that I want to build. And then it will take into account everything that you need to do to build all those items instead of just one. And then from that, it extended and extended and extended. And by now, I have a website attached to it. And um, yeah, it's a free to use tool for everybody. And it's got some really nice features that I think will be really useful with uh, the industry changes as everybody starts to realize how actually how, new, how the new stuff is built. Yeah. Before we start, can we put that uh, your website in chat? And we'll put it on the show notes too, so that people can look at your website. And can you tell us what it is? Sure. Uh, it's called RefWorks. Uh, I'll link it in the Twitch stream. Oh, I can't. can somebody yeah, else link it for me right did. now? Yeah. All right. Nice. Okay. Yeah, so it's called RefWorks, um, inspired by Fussy Steve's FussWorks, of course. Um, so, yeah. All right. There it is. Ravworks, R-A-V-W-O-R-K-S. So that's actually ravworks.com, easy enough. Yep, yep, indeed. Okay. Do you want to talk about industry in general, or do you want to show us how this works? Uh, I guess we, well, I guess we can do both. But um, so let's start off with how the website works and how you can actually use it to your own advantage. And then afterwards, I have done quite a lot of number crunching on what's actually involved in building capitals and that sort of stuff after the changes. And also some pretty interesting other little aspects, side notes, uh, that are pretty relevant when you're actually trying to set up your own industry um, facilities or network of people and that sort of stuff. So 
yeah, I suppose the start of it. Um, yeah, I'll go, just go through the website. So the start of it is that if you if you want to produce something, then much like with any other blueprint tools, you can type in, okay, what I want to build. But like I said, instead of just building one thing, you can enter a list of all the things that you want. So for example, if we want to build you know, a few guardians and I want to build, I don't know, a basilisk, whatever. Those are similar. Yeah, they're similar, but uh, they're, they're different ships, I suppose. Um, then what you could do is you enter the what you want to build and how many of each and what material level. And then in the end, it will produce a production plan. And the production plan tells you uh, everything that you need to buy, where you can copy all the information as well into a spreadsheet if you want. Anyway, so it will tell you everything that you need to buy. It will tell you what, uh, what your end products will be, what all the parts is that you will be building as well. Because, of course, if you're looking to build multiple things, what you might be interested in is also um, building either the whole chain or only building a segment of the whole chain, right? Because a lot of people, they only do uh, reactions, whereas a lot of other people, then they buy those reactions from other people and they use that to build the end products and then move that over. Yeah. Now, I figured I wanted my tool to be able to do both or um well, or, or be able to choose basically this is handy because in the future we assume people aren't going to build everything themselves that seems to be the yep. future of production so that might be very handy in that way yeah with how much uh wormholes gas and that sort of stuff is going to be needed for capitals at least then it's unlikely you'll all have it available locally and you know so so basically what it does is you can enter in all the the stuff that you want to build, um, it will tell you what do you actually what do you need to buy to actually build those things, and then in the jobs to run segment, it will tell you okay for each category of jobs, how many jobs do I need to do and how many runs of each, and then you can just copy paste it to some kind of spreadsheet and count everything and just run the jobs in game and basically, it, it, it's it's an automated spreadsheeting tool. Yeah. So instead of having to build a spreadsheet each time yourself, it does it for you so on a basic level you say this is what i'm going to cook for a dinner i'm going to have three dishes and then it puts all your uh rest all your ingredients uh in order and tells you how much those ingredients are going to cost it's a lot like a cookbook yep. yeah exactly just but instead of just one recipe it's multiple recipes at the same time uh if you want to anyway yeah my whole, um, my whole production line for the next week for instance yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So what, how I use it myself actually is um, with a friend of mine, we do all our industry together. And what we do is we have, we basically, we mostly build T2 uh, cruiser-sized hills and that sort of stuff. And how we do it is we set up a production line or a production plan for about two weeks and then another one for about two two weeks, one week later. And then there's like first the stage of all the reactions that you have to do. And then after the reactions, you do the uh, actual components and building the ships. And then whilst that st stage is going, you start with the reactions of the other plant in the meantime. So you keep everything churning the entire time. Or at least that's the close we try to match. So before we get off this page, right, and a lot of numbers here, quickly, yes. go, quickly go over where are you getting the numbers? What is it relative to what's coming? Let's, let's go there. 
Um, how do you mean, roughly? Meaning these are the numbers that you're pulling from the universe today, and yes. these are the numbers based on the markets today. Yep. Or, or is it from the markets six months ago, or is it a? That's what I'm like. Walk me through. The, walk the audience through the numbers. All right. Well, so the um, so all the all the prices and that sort of stuff is all based on the GDAP price in the last hour, roughly. <laughs> By the way, uh, the guys in the crowd already broke it because it's having a 502 bad gateway error. Ooh. Uh, which... 504. <laughs> 504 oh. gateway timeout. I got the same thing. Uh, I got, oh, oh, I got 502. Okay. Oh, did you? I got 504. Yeah. That's all right. Well, <laughs> mine's too better than yours, apparently. Is it, is it getting hit too hard? Did we uh, send too many people there? Maybe, maybe I'll uh, I'll have to check. But um, the numbers, the kind of life coding. As long as yours yeah. is still working, we can look at it. Yeah, yeah, my my local version is fine. Okay. But that's definitely something that I'm gonna have to trace. It's actually pretty nice because uh, debugging. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, all the prices are based on the GDA price in the last hour. I think it's well, the sell price is based on the five percent cheapest percentile and all that sort of math. Um, but that's just straight from the ESI, essentially. Yeah. Um, so what the, the big important thing here is the cash flow table where you can see, okay, this is, this is the value of my end products, either the buy or the sell price. Um, and it also tells you, okay, what are the materials that I have to buy? What's the price of that? Uh, the job cost, the sales taxes and that sort of stuff. And then in the end you have the profit. Now, with the profit, there is a little bit of an extra linchpin because of a lot of stuff when you're building it, um, you will end up with some stocks as a leftover, right? So because of um, how reactions work, where every run of a single reaction, you get a hundred or a thousand or a few thousand of output, but you may only need like 20 units, you will have some leftovers. Right. Let's uh, explain that re really clearly. When you do a reaction, you have minimums. And so you have to produce a batch of 1,000, even if you only yes. need 20. Yes, exactly. Okay. That's it. So that's exactly that, that's an issue I ran into multiple times. And what I ended up doing is basically accounting for all the stocks that you start with and all the stocks that you end up with, and then taking that into your profit calculation. So... It, at the bottom, you see the expected profit of making these ships, um, either with or without taking account of the stocks. Because as you can see over here, there is a, in this particular case, there's 70 million isk worth of assets in stocks left over because those reactions have to be done on batches. And then, well, if you realize like that, well, I can just use them up next time. Um, then you should look at, okay, I I, that's also part of how much money I've generated. So I should also take that into account of my profit. Excellent. Right. And so for the taxes and job costs, that of course changes based on some skill levels and yep. and the, 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 the ratio or the percent of the, uh, the index for the whatever system you're in and the, yep. what type of, uh, you know, Rataru or high sec and a you know, NPC station, blah, blah, blah. Is, is that adjustable? Can I change that? Or do you just kind of use a set? Yeah. No, we will go into that for in a, oh, okay. in a second. All right. All right. Okay. Sure. No, 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 that's fine. Um, the only other thing I will say that's a feature that I've 
found myself to be very useful is that if you look on the right here, it says the stocks, right? So that is all the materials that you may already have. Your current um, inventory. Yeah, exactly that. Your stock. So piles, what you right? can do, what you can do is if you look at the, at the, basically if you're doing one run, you will have some of these leftovers because the reactions have to be on the batches and that sort of stuff. And what you can do is then copy paste all those leftovers into your stocks table. Um, let me actually do that from my thing right now. Oh, there we go. And then we resubmit it. And now it will take into account all the stocks that you already have and all the parts that you don't have to build anymore as a result. Terrific. So it will now only tell you, hey, I only need to do those jobs that I actually still need to do and all the others I don't and that sort of stuff. Cool. So you so only we... have to buy what you need instead of yep. a full. Yeah, that's great. Yep. So it's uh, really, if you have a, like a really large inventory of stuff that you don't really know, um, how to use up and you know you don't know which parts you actually still need to buy and build and stuff it does that sort of stuff for you that's really useful for making up to using up all those random little things all right so going back to rundle's um question like let's, what you can uh, imagine is there is repeat sorry, the question just so we know what we're answering yeah, so I was asking about the uh, job costs and the taxes and all that stuff, because you know, it can change depending on where you do it and some skills and all that stuff. That was yep, that yep. question, right? Okay. So how did how, what's the deal with that? Is in a larger extent is there's of course a lot of there's a lot a lot, a lot of things that you might decide that you want to do or don't want to do, right? Because you have to it, you have the structures that you're building in, which change the material efficiencies and your time efficiencies. Um, you have the system cost indexes, you have the, well, the sales taxes like Rundle said. And also there is, of course, the decision, do I actually want to do this subsection of the whole production chain or not? Right? So, because like I said, a lot of people, they only build end products or they only do the reactions and they don't do the full chain of everything. Uh, and, and all that sort of stuff can be configured in the tool by going to the industry config page. Um, so this is a little bit involved, I suppose, but how it works is you have to set up your industry convict and that's all those decisions I was talking about just then. Um, or, and then using that industry convict, everything else on the website is calculated. So when I just did my production plan, it took into account my industrial convict that I have set up. So it takes into account all the structures that I have set up, where the rigs these structures have, where they're located, um, where I actually built the various categories of items in what structure. It takes all that into account, all the material efficiencies, et cetera, et cetera. And then, um, and then based on that, it produced that production plan. So it's, it should all be accurate to the exact, to the exact number uh, that you will also see in the game when you try and do the job runs. That's incredible. Yep. How long did it take you to write this? Just as a side note, uh, how long did it take you to do all this? Uh, I started the tool in its first form probably about two years ago. Um, okay. But in total, I, I would say roughly like 800 hours, something like that. Uh, so another question that uh, Nick Bison asked earlier, I don't know if we answered it, but uh, will the update to the blueprint material changes automatically kick in after 
tomorrow? No, not automatically. Uh, I will change it tomorrow, probably. So you'll be busy uh, doing that tomorrow? Yeah, exactly. So we'll do a poll what, over... A few hours after downtime. Yeah. Uh, since we're taking a couple quick questions as well, the Dr. UK asked, uh, can this be downloaded and hosted elsewhere so the load on your own server is not overrun? A little relevant <laughs> right now, but or even downloaded and have like a local well, version. We were, we were talking about partnering on this. I was trying to convince them because uh, it's such a good tool and stuff. <laughs> okay, well... well. Okay. So maybe we're sabotaging it to give you more. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, it's pretty interesting that it crashed. And I actually wonder uh, what made it crash. So I have to look into the debugs. Okay. Um, because when I actually look at the at how long it takes to calculate anything specific, it tends to be around under a second to calculate anything. So I would actually expect that a lot of people can use it uh, at the same time without failing catastrophically like it had <laughs> yeah well maybe one of the, one of the guys in the audience ddos did or something oh i doubt it it's probably some kind of uh yeah, we, it, it's, it's nice all fans. the end it's a hobby project for me right i have yeah. before this website i had not done anything website related at all um just some you know just some coding and stack yeah. overflow googling and that's it I, I don't think it's your back-end computation side i think it's your uh, it's your server that's what's Let's hit the. Uh, oh, it might be. Might, might certainly yeah. be. I'll, I will have to look at that. But yeah, so when, like I was talking about with the industry convict stuff, um, so you can set up all your rigs and your efficiencies, that sort of business, all the real important number crunching stuff for to actually get the number right of how much you need and how much money you will make. And also, there in the really useful feature over here is the production blacklist. And over there, you can say, okay, which section of this whole production chain do I want to do myself and which sections do I not? So for example, if you don't want to do anything, any reactions for your own T2, um, for your own T2 ships, etc., then just hit this, don't do the reactions uh, and go back to your production plan. Well, I suppose I have to make a new one now. And then when we look at it, it will show that, hey, now I only have to actually build advanced components and the end product and, well, the T1 hull and everything else, uh, it ends up buying for me. So you can choose this sub only that I only want to do specific subsections. If you pick the second stage, it automatically ex excludes the first stage. Is that how I'm reading that? Yeah. yeah, of course, because the first stage goes into the second stage and because the second stage is... You're buying that part and you never have to do the first stage anyway that's how that uh, works Good. so from that um there were some more things that i ended up doing for example what i figured was a really nice and useful um useful aspect as well just if you can really easily take into account or can really easily see how much profit you will be making while building various things so that makes that by that, we go over to the profit margin tab. And here you can keep a list of like all the items that I want to build or tend to be building every now and then. And it will tell you, okay, uh, what is the price of that item? If I build it with the configuration as I've set it up, then how much money will I make by building it? Um, what profit power would it be? How much is actually sold in, in JIDA per day? Uh, all that sort of stuff. So you can have like a really quick overview of, okay, I'm building certain things. I know how I'm building it. I know with what structures I'm building it. 
given all that, what is my profit going to be? And I can see it for a lot of different items. Great. So that's the bottom line, right? You want to use that as a guiding information on should you even get involved with something if you're going to sell it yep. on the market? Exactly. So if you set your industry config up once, it's a little bit of a hassle, especially for new players. I fully acknowledge that. Because once you've set your configuration up once, then you can just type in a lot of stuff and it will tell you whether it's actually worth your time building it or not. Great. So um, there's I guess more. Can... There's more to this tool too. It gets really, really interesting in a few minutes. Oh yeah, yeah. There is more. Um, well, if there's any questions or ever go to quick, just feel free to interject me. Um, otherwise, I'll just keep on going. So the next part is um, because I do T2 manufacturing myself a lot. Invention is pretty important. So we go to uh, another thing. Oh, let's start with a normal T2 item. So over here, I can, for example, see, okay, let's say I want to build a Guardian, and I don't know what kind of Tech 2 blueprint I want for that, right? Because, well, I'm assuming everybody knows here how it works. But with Tech 2 Industry, you first need a Tech 2 blueprint. And the Tech 2 blueprint is originates from, the the, from a blueprint copy that is the Tech 1 version of whatever you're building. Right, so with a guardian, you first need a blueprint for a guardian, and a blueprint from a guardian comes from the blueprint of an auger when you do an invention job on it. Now, when you're doing that invention job, you can choose uh, what kind of decryptor you want to use to actually do that invention job. And then, based on this decryptor, it will tell you, uh, it will, you, you will get a different blueprint as an output. So, some decryptors make your blueprint more efficient for material efficiency. Some decryptors make your blueprint more efficient for time efficiency. Uh, and some decryptors have a higher probability of had, getting a successful blueprint as an output. So it, it shows you what the decryptor is doing for you, what the end result might look like. Yes, exactly. So for example, here we can sort by material efficiency and we see that a process decryptor um, gets the highest material efficiency output. Yeah. For those that don't know, I'm going to skip ahead here. A decryptor is a variable you can throw in. They're expensive on the market, but if you buy one, you throw it into your experiment and you get a mutation on the experiment. So you might get a better material efficiency. Therefore, your cost of building something goes down because it's more efficient. Or you might get a run of not two, which is normal, but of four or five or six because the decryptor replicated how many you can build off that one copy that you've created. So that's the variable that you could uh, buy off the market. That's what decryptors are used for. Yep, that's exactly it. So what I've done here is, of course, in the end, if you're building something like a Guardian, what you're not really interested in is, okay, how uh, is the blueprint that you get with this decryptor? What you're really interested in is, okay, how much money am I going to make if I use different blueprints, right? Because some blueprints have a lower material efficiency level, uh, also have a higher one, but it's more expensive to get, for example. Now then again, what you, what you can do here is that this table um, shows you like, okay, given using a specific uh, decryptor, I then get an output blueprint copy that takes me, that costs me a certain amount of ISK. And then given all that, and given my industry config of how I'm building things, what is the profit that I will actually make once when I'm building an item from that particular invented uh, blueprint? 
Well, this is fantastic. So it's advising you because you can see the results through the calculator, basically, what the best option is for you for that item. So what decryptor should I use when I build a jump freighter is going to be totally different than what decryptor I use for a T2 damage control unit, for instance. Yeah, let me look. By the way, normally you don't use uh, use decryptors for ships and expensive stuff, not usually for modules, but... Yeah, exactly. So what you can see, for example, over here, well, <laughs> now we'll go into some of the... Um, this, this version I've here locally hosted is based on the new data export with all the new recipes. So, so the numbers the are going to be crazy. Prices are, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Numbers are going to be crazy. But what you can already see in this one is that, hey, with Araya, you actually want to have that process decryptor with the highest material efficiency level because it's really expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, with the Guardian that we looked at just then, uh, the, I think the most profitable one was one with a slightly lower material efficiency, yeah. but a higher chance of success. By the way, a little bit of advice from talking in stations here. Decryptors that uh, work on material efficiency were probably going to go up in price if they haven't already because people are going to want to be even more efficient in the future <laughs> as prices go up. Well, yes and no, right? Because decryptors are only involved into Tech 2 manufacturing. And oh, right now, point. Tech 2 manufacturing isn't changed yet much apart from really a jump freighter. Yet. <laughs> yet, exactly. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's so, coming. Uh, we, we know it's coming. We know it's down the uh, pipeline. The pri- uh, I don't have a clue how long yeah. it's coming eventually. Well, uh, jump freighters. Jump freighters and marauders are both Tech 2 ships that have changed. So for those yes. two, well, Marauders actually haven't changed. Um, the only thing that's changed about them is actually getting the Tech One hull, right? So you have to use an Apocalypse to then build a Paladin. Oh, the Marauders didn't change. Oh, the te- I thought they had so the a whole lit- Tech. No, the whole Tech Two section is the same. The only thing that's changed is the Tech One hull, because the battleships huh. are changed. I thought I saw new price points for jump freighters for some reason, but maybe that was just jump based- freighters have changed. Jump freighters have changed. So but they that's did change because it's, Yeah, yeah. But that's specifically because it's a capital as well. Oh, because they did capitals. and Okay, interesting. So... Yeah. So Marauders haven't changed apart from the Tech 1 hull. Jump freighters have changed both in the Tech 1 hull and the Tech 2 hull. So that's... Fascinating. Complications. All right. Um, let, let's try to move along uh, if we can, because we're going to run out of time uh, in a bit. But uh, go ahead right. and, and go to the next phase or... So yeah, anyway, so, so this here, this here shows the, given your config, given all that information that you've input, what is your, going to be your profit with the various blueprints? And also for those curious with tech tree manufacturing, uh, it can do the same with tech tree invention. So with tech tree, there's actually two choices that you need to make the decryptor and uh, what kind of ancient relic you're using to get the blueprint. A little bit of detail. Anyway, it can do both. Um, and let's not go into that for too long. So I guess next up is the tree viewer. This is really which, cool. Which and is I, the I most recent I edition. I haven't really seen anything else like this. Watch this, guys. This is great. All right. So I guess we start with something really simple. Let's start with really something simple. So over here, you can see the tree viewer and the tr- what the tree viewer does it gives you an overview of everything that goes into every other item, like, well, literally like a tree. 
So it's a tree of a bill of materials, essentially. So you can see, for example, with this caracal, hey, I need so much titanium, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, with really easy stuff, it's really not complicated at all. But with stuff like a right. battleship, Like that's example, just minerals, for instance, right there. Yeah, that's, so this is purely just minerals, that's it. But uh, once you go a little bit bigger with a battleship, for example, in the new stuff, you will see that, hey, there's now a whole tree of everything that needs to be done to actually build this battleship. Yeah. So where in the past you used to only need these minerals, you now need to have these additional components at the top here as well. So you, and, show, um, you show how those are constructed and the yep. relationship between all the ingredients and the stages, which is just amazing. Yep. And what you can do as well is if you hover over a particular node, it will all highlight all the things that are only relevant for that node. Oh, that's um, so nice. And specifically, uh, if you click on it, it will also order it nicely for it you. It collapses it. Fantastic. Yep, exactly. Nice. So you can see, for example, hey, for this Armageddon, I need 100 life support backup units. Now, for this 100 life support backup units, I need uh, some of this R4 Mungu over here. And you can see the numbers that you need. You can see how many cubic meters it is. And you can also see what percentage of the total amount of this that I need goes into specifically this thing that I'm looking at right now. So specifically, I'm looking at life support backup units right now. And it, as we can see over here on the right, we see that 25% of all the R4 Mungu that we need goes into this life support backup unit specifically. Yeah. And we can also look at things on the right-hand side. For example, we can see, hey, this is all the stuff that the hydrocarbons would go into. And this is all the stuff that atmospheric Ooh, gases go into. That's great. Cause so you can see how much is drawing on that item. So you know the quantities. Uh, you know, yep. Yeah. Yep. Like this so thing is getting used a lot. So I better get a lot of it. Exactly. And also what I think is it's going to be really useful for is figuring out, um, because, well, because how industry used to be done is basically, okay, everything is, essentially everything in capitals and battleships and stuff is purely based on, okay, I need this many minerals. And all those minerals you can simply get from compressed stores, right? So you just go to JIDA, buy all the compressed stores that you need, jump freighter it over to wherever you're building or move it over anyway, then reprocess all that stuff. And then once to reprocess minerals, you just build it there anyway. And it's pretty small to haul. With a lot of these new items and with, uh, with wormel gas, with pie materials with um, some of the moon ores anyway, you can't compress all that stuff. So that actually means that with the new industry changes, being having access to your minerals locally or only buying those parts that are easier to hull and then maybe building those parts that you can build locally and are, are really difficult to hull, you will have to take that into to the equation of what segments do I actually want to do and what segments don't I want to do. Right. So now, these, the whole, they go ahead. These guys in the in chat are climbing all over themselves to send you ISK, so they want to know your in-game name. <laughs> but we'll, we're going to get to all that at the end. Uh, there's more to show you, not just this, but uh, but go on. Yes. So this here, yeah, so this here shows, okay, what what's my material used then? How much of all the materials do I need when I'm uh, for what for what subsection of the thing? Um, and you can see, yeah, we can make it over. Uh, mm. 
get all the subsections. Okay, so, so that's a battleship. Let's get more complicated. Mm -hmm. Do you have uh, carriers yeah, or sure. dreads or even a Titan so we can see just how big these changes are going to be in the future? All right, um, let me do one thing real quick, and that is I want to show one additional feature that it has. Okay. And that is if you look at, okay, so this is more complex. It's not super ultra complex yet because this is T2 manufacturing. Um, what are we looking at here? So yeah, this is a Guardian, Guardian. so a Tech 2 Cruiser. So over here you can see, okay, hey, I'm looking at a uh, nano electrical microprocessor in this case. And for that, I need, you know, all these amounts of various mongoose and whatever else. But what it also does is what you can do is it can say, hey, I want to apply my configuration, right? So we talked earlier about having this industry configuration uh, where you say, what are my efficiencies? What sections on them am I doing? And what subsections am I not doing? Now, normally uh, it shows you everything right from the start until the end with the base material amounts, which can say, hey, instead I want to apply my configuration. And then it will now um, basically hide all the parts that are not relevant to you and as well it will update all the numbers needed to be in line with your efficiencies and your structures that you're using to build everything so for example if if i were to say hey i don't want to build nano nano electrical microprocessors then it would hide the whole subsection of this and all the materials specifically needed for those nanotechnical microprocessor in my case specifically i've said hey i don't want to build my own field blocks I buy my fuel blocks instead. So it hides everything that goes into building those fuel blocks here on the right. So that's a little bit of uh, an extra thing. You can, if you choose what, what, and what you do and what you don't want to build in the industry convict, and again, you can also see that here in the tree viewer. Come back. That's really helpful. You can figure yep. out what, what stacks, for lack of a better, what layers of the build you want to participate in. Yeah, and, and also if you're uh, if you think like okay, it's really hard for me to get this particular thing. Um, look at what it goes into, then say okay, maybe I just buy whatever it goes into, and then eventually it will hide um, that extra material because it's no longer relevant for you. Yeah. Nope. Really? So let's go into I suppose yeah. like you said more complex stuff now. Let's let's blow this thing up. Let's blow it up. Oh, so this yeah. here, <laughs> this here is everything that you need to build a capital post changes. Oof. So, so that is full chain right from the base materials, your base wormel gases, your mongoose, right until the end to build the, yeah, to build a revelation in this particular case. And uh, what you can do again here is click on it. It's a little bit messy. <laughs> the, oh, no, it's like it's not immediately intuitive right now mm -hmm. um, with this particular tree. And uh, that is partially also because it's no longer as clear what materials are used uh, for what as it used to be in the previous setup. Like the physical, mental complexity of building something is much, much more difficult post changes. Right. But you can always isolate something and, and see it. Uh, yeah, of course. Honestly, so what we could yeah, do here right. is, again, we can say, okay, maybe, uh, for example, I know that the core temperature regulators is something, you know, a battleship needs one of them, a capital is going to need 250 of them. It's a really big component, actually, in building a capital. So here you can see, okay, if I click on a core temperature regulator, this is all the stuff that's involved into specifically building this core temperature regulator, and it will hide everything else. 
and an overhear, you can say, okay, I'm, maybe I'm interested in something else. Okay, that is everything that's involved into building this other subsection of my revelation. So this way, the, the idea is, okay, people can really use this tool to figure out which parts do they want to do, which parts don't they want to do, um, yeah. and just buy it from other places or actually sell to other people. That sort of stuff. And I think that's what's going to differentiate builders in the future is knowing when they're wasting their time and not dealing with that layer of production and isolating what they're good at, what they want to do, what they have access to. I think the really, really good producers are going to be the ones that can control that information the best for themselves. And this tool, I think, will help a lot with that. Yep. I think so as well. So let's have a look. Um, so for example, with the new capital components, you can see that they, no, they, they need wormhole gases now and, and minerals as well. But also if you're looking at a particular wormhole gas, you can see, okay, my, this particular wormhole gas here is 1500 M3 cubic meters. I need of this. And to make that wormhole gas, there is about 4,000 cubic meters of or to make this reactive wormhole gas, there's about 4,000 cubic meters of raw wormhole gas that goes into it. So that sort of makes these trade-off decisions of, hey, am I going to be uh, hauling in all this raw wormhole gas and doing all the reaction myself, or am I going to just focus on buying this component from other people yeah. and then they build it? So it's like all these niches that are going to um, likely exist in the new changes. Yeah, that's the other part of it is when you figure out like I'll never want to you, you know harvest gas, then you can meet somebody or look for somebody that likes doing that and make a friendship with them and and basically yep. build a supply uh, a relationship with a different player. Exactly that. By the way, I love how you can grab the nodes and move them around to to conceptualize. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's really great. So it's uh, really nice if you. Well, for example, there's sometimes there's multiple layers of uh, relation like oh, this node over here mm. needs something from this column needs something from this column this column well sometimes you just want to yeah. put it right next to each other sometimes you want to see more lines but yeah i, I feel that uh, <laughs> it helps you conceptualize like things yeah, exactly so yeah that's um that's roughly the tool as it is mm. um well, the, the thing is, if you look at this, like we're looking at, what are we looking at there? A Revelation Dreadnought? Okay. Yes. Um, it looks like, wow, what a web that CCP has created. But what you're, what you're doing here is showing what it's going to look like in the future. And that looks pretty scary. That looks intimidating. Yep. But, but if we were to look at a Dreadnought now, it would also have a bunch of lines. Uh, but it would be mostly... Um, capital building parts that lead to mineral costs and stuff like that. Yeah, uh, it's well, if you look at dreadnoughts right now, it's very much simpler. There's there's a lot of intercollected lines that, that doesn't change, but the depth of the tree is uh, simpler. That's yeah. But now with uh, with the new changes, this tool is fantastic because you get the, you know, the, the real hard part is understanding the variety of things that are going yep. into building a dreadnought. And that's hard to so, understand. So, for example, what I've found is that a lot of the old capital jump dry, uh, capital components here, mm -hmm. they are basically roughly the same, but instead of but instead of how they used to be, where they just need minerals, they now need minerals and some wormal space gas, right? That's just you'll you'll learn that sort of stuff. For yeah. example, um, an FTL interlink communicator 
is a component that every capital, I think every capital with a jump drive needs. Maybe that's a new component. needs it as well. Yeah, that's a new component, exactly. But you can see that a hell of a lot of the stuff, I don't know <laughs> if I can swear over here, but anyway. Um, no, you can't. You're good. <laughs> if it's in European, it sounds different. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody will understand. No, but um, thanks, Anthony, so for the raid. <laughs> Go ahead. We're look. By the way, let me reintroduce you for people that just arrived because we had a, a raid here. But this is Revendal. He's created an industry Hello. tool that um, you can visualize the actual construction parts that you will need to build things in the future. And uh, it's got many uses, but we're looking at the latest and neatest tool, which is in a node design, finding out like all the layers of ingredients that go into whatever you're building and how you can isolate them. And that's what we're looking at now. We're looking at a dreadnought, the revelation. Yep, exactly. So what you can see is, so what I was going to talk about here specifically was that um, with this tool, you can really go into detail, like what components are actually just noise as essentially and what components are actually really necessary for me to build so for example uh, if we go to this ftl interlink communicator part which is something that essentially all capitals as far as i know are going to need then you can see like okay there's a lot of mungu related items that all go into this ftl interlink communicator but you only need a little bit and also all this mungu over here so that's stuff that you normally need for tech two manufacturing is exclusively used for this FTL interlinker and nothing else. So if you say, hey, I don't want to build an FTL interlinker, but I just buy that part from the market, then you don't need to worry about all this tech two Mungu here and all this particular wormhole gases, which you, the high tier wormhole gases as well, actually, which are exclusively used for this FTL interlink communicator. And so especially so actually, if I go back into my industry convic and type in raid, what is it, radar, FTL interlink communicator over here, and add that I don't want to build an FTL interlink communicator now, submit. And let's see, let's go back to revelation. You opened a suggestions in real time? <laughs> uh, I suppose. No, no, right no, no. Let's... Right, right click on the node and exclude from build or something. Oh, oh yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, I suppose. Uh, that is, given how I've coded it, possibly a little bit complex to do in practice. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's, so, but point look how much simpler that got. All that Mungu went away, right? So. Yep. So all this Mungu stuff is now hidden, because, and, and nice. also this hike tier Wormel stuff is now hidden because it's no longer relevant to you, because instead of building this interlink communicator, you just buy it instead. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like an avoid system uh, in EVE Online. You don't want to travel through it on autopilot, so you put it in yep. there and you don't go near it. Uh, and this is fantastic because it you really can then focus on your building the way that you want to build uh, and not have to worry about hiding things that you're not interested in building. You're just going to buy those parts so you don't care about their ingredients. And yep. that's great. Exactly that. So yeah, that's, the, that, that, that's essentially what the tool does. Um, apart from that, I've done quite a bit of analysis on... Uh, you know, how much material is actually going to need to build all the different things. So I don't know if that's where we want to go next. Yeah, but, yeah, um, I, I do want to go there. That's the last thing we'll hit. I just want to reiterate to the people that just joined us that this tool is down right now, unfortunately. Uh, it was up when yeah. we started the program. But um, we you have the address. It'll be in show notes and uh, just go to it later on after uh, the server gets all fixed up. Yep, I'll try and make sure it's back up and running tonight, hopefully.
So there's just some uh, technical people out here. What, uh, real quick, what languages did you use, front end, back end, all the? Could you give us a quick overview? All right. So the back end is based on Python. Um, and then what I've done is I've built what is, I believe, what is, I'm a hobbyist, so I'm not entirely sure. You're in, a hobbyist. All the details here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's strange, but it is huh? how it is. Um, so I don't have like a, uh, educational background in website building. I do have in a lot of other math stuff, but anyway. Um, so I've built it in Python and I run a Nginx server with UWSGI, which then runs a Python client internally. And there's Flask. In, I think Flask is the, is the physical server software, let's say, or the part to translate my Python code towards something that's actually runnable on a website. So yeah, it's Very Python, cool. JavaScript, Flask, that sort of stuff for the people nice. that want to know. Nice. But uh, this this is not a hobbyist uh, product here. You must know programming. Oh yeah, yeah. Clearly. Oh, of course, of course. Yeah, yeah no, no, no. I've the, the the whole website part is a hobby. Uh, I see. Okay. It's obvious that I've never done before, but um, programming is quite something that I do quite a lot. Yeah. Can we have a look for fun at um, a Titan of your choice? Yeah, sure. Uh, Want to do a faction titan? Oh, <laughs> let's do. Wait, before you do a faction titan, oh, that's the Moloch. Oh, too late. That's too late. The Moloch. <laughs> there's a Moloch here. The Moloch. God, everything that's involved into building a Moloch. Wow. In one picture, it's all readable. Um, so here's another question for you. Um, it looks like you kind of have the tools. This reminds me a little bit of Eve Planets, which is, of course is gone. But it looks like you have uh, this is very similar. You might even have the pieces together. Is the next challenge after you get through all these industry changes, would you entertain kind of reviving these planets to do all the, the planetary interaction stuff? Because this website looks almost perfect for that. All the tools seem to be here. Um, <laughs> I hadn't considered it yet, to be honest, but uh, maybe, maybe. That's, right. uh, I tend to build whatever I happen to be interested in. And yeah, so might end up going there. Because we're going to see that Pi is going to be far more important into building a lot of stuff. So it might actually end up uh, being on my list of stuff to add. Yeah, Pi being I'm, PI. No guarantees. Planetary, planetary interaction. Yeah, all the planetary yes. stuff. Because this is, it follows a very similar, right? What, what planets, what, what do I build? What's the interactions? There's a number of tiers of chains moving all the way up. All the, all, looks like the tools are here. Plus the industry sell by, you know, what do I do? Um, do I import? Do I drop it down on the planet? What's the planetary tag? All those things are kind of very similar to what you have set up here already. So yep. it seems like a natural extension for me. But anyways, um, yeah. Oh, well, someone's... Uh, yeah, there's Linking, a there's uh, Reddit. It's on Reddit. It's on Reddit. <laughs> yeah. It's, it was actually re released on Reddit, I think, on, uh, what was it, from Valentine's Day. Yeah, that's right. This was released on Valentine's Day, which I thought was awesome. <laughs> that's a good day to release. Yeah, so yeah. I, I see this, hands, uh, hands won the planet, just to talk about that. Thanks for the link. This is a, a nice, just to visualize. But then there's all the build stuff that he has here in this tool that isn't reflected in this tool, unless I'm not using it correctly. But um, this is a nice visualizer that you linked, uh, by the way. Okay. Who was that who linked? Let's move on to the last thing, which is what Elder. people are, what people really want to know is what's going to happen tomorrow. Like, 
Yeah. How much more is uh, is something going to take? So you have some ratios to show us, right? Yeah. So with those pictures, actually, let me see if I can. I'm going to probably have to swap to a different application to on the stream. So give me a second. All right. No problem. We dance in front of the curtain while the set's being changed behind, so we're used to it. <laughs> what is your in-game character name, though? Is it Ravendel? Uh, it's yeah, it's Ravendel. Darren is my main is my main character. It's Rev yeah, Ravendel. There's a lot of different Ravendels. Oh, there are. Okay, Rev. Um, yeah, there it is. Now so, yeah. we're, not, we're not saying you need to send a misc, but if you want to say hello to him, there he is. <laughs> I do accept donations. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to blow them uh, up. As, as, a, as country, contrary to what you might think, uh, I am not mega rich and I don't have, you know, well, not even one Titan, I suppose. So anyway. Well, you got. we're going to make sure uh, you put a fundraising uh, page up there too. <laughs> uh, all right. So let me swap this to this other Excel sheet that I have. Change windows. Well, for those that uh, don't know, for whatever reason, uh, it's already been announced that tomorrow is going to be a patch day like uh, no other. It's going to be a huge um, change into the industrial uh, combinations to build things that, that we've been talking about for the last month. So that's actually going to happen. It's already confirmed by CCP. Yes. And so you're going to want to, like, um, you want to. You're gonna want to be prepared for that. It seems like it doesn't want us. Okay, I'm just going to have to share my entire screen here. All right, there we go. There it is. All right, let's look at these ratios. So, uh, yeah, let's look at the graphs first, I suppose. So basically, what I have done is for F. Well, let's summarize it really roughly. Then we'll go on the graphs, and then maybe into more detail afterwards. So what I have done is I have looked at, okay, for each hull class from frigate, faction frigate, pirate frigate, whatever, all the way up to uh, pirate titans, what, how much do you need to, like, what are the minimal requ mineral requirements for them? And in the new changes, what is also the gas requirements, the R4 Mungu requirements, all that sort of stuff, fuel blocks by, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And... Then I have said, okay, how long does this actually take me to mine the minerals um, that I need to build this thing that I'm looking to build? Yeah. Can you zoom in on that just so we can see the titles of the, the head? Yeah. And show us the, yeah. It's a little bit it's wide. Hard, it's hard to read, uh, but uh, you have. Yeah, uh, yeah. Do you have, is this shared out? Can you give us a link to that? Um, I've, I've shared the Excel page with you. Of, I've do you mind if I share it, or do you want, you want me to? Yeah, no, go ahead. Go okay, ahead. I'll grab it. That's probably easier. I don't know if you could place to share it, but uh, yeah. So basically what I've looked at is what is the hours that I need to mine all the different minerals to actually build the thing that I want to build, and then how is it going to change pre-patch pre and post-patch? Now, for that, I have made some graphs, which we'll show first. So, for example, we know that well, essentially everything uh, battlecruiser and smaller is going to um, either be easier to build or not going to take as many minerals, but it's at least it's going to be cheaper 
or it's going to be less complex to build. And then once we start hitting battleships, there's going to be more involved. And as we go up in size, it's going to be more and more complex, right? So for example here, what I've graphed here is like, okay, if we want to build a battleship pre-change, you can see it takes me, it takes a, I think in this case, I've taken a Hulk mining something like 2200 cubic meters a minute anyway a hulk yeah. with some bonuses mining but you, you standardize the the amount of time it would take for you to mine what is needed so you've got a standard yeah. and it's a hulk and okay so well it's these are all compared to the same standard yeah the, 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 i'm sure the numbers will be off by like up 10 10 20 percent down 20 percent stuff like that but if you're looking at the um it's all about the relative ratios and the order of magnitude, right? So, for example, what you can see is like with a battleship, okay, pre-changes, it takes me about eight hours to build, uh, to mine everything that I need to build a battleship. Post-changes, there's going to be uh, some R4 Moongu that I now need to mine, like the hydrocarbons and that sort of stuff to build some of the new components. But that will give me um, a part of the minerals that I already need as an access as well. So I'm mining this R for Mungu. When I'm mining this R for Mungu, I also, as a result, get some pyrite and I will get some um, Maxilon, I think it is. And then those parts are already needed into building that battleship so I can include it in the total time. And then you see that actually to build a battleship after the changes, it's a, almost the exact same amount of mining time. The only change is that, hey, now I also need some fuel blocks, about 4 million Esquirt with current prices, and I need about nine days of a Pi planet building Pi. So given that one character, you can have six planets, I believe. So it's like one and a half day of World of Pi with one character. Um, can you zoom in a bit more so people can see the numbers there? Just a couple more. There you go. That's a little bit better. There we go. Yeah, so, so what we're seeing on the, on the left-hand side is the pre-change. On the right-hand yep. side is the post-change. You can see the composition changes, and the blue yes. is minerals. I'm sorry, so, yeah, well, the, blue, the blue is classic asteroid ores, right? So your Veldspar, your, I don't know, Spodium main. Um, and the, R, my, the R4 is the moon goo that you need from, well, for example, from the high sec moons that have yeah. a lot of R4 goo. So for those that don't know about industry, R's are for rarity. That's what the R stands for. And so there's yes. 4, 8, 16. Ooh, what is there? Four, it's eight. all the way up to 64. Yeah, up to 64. So, yeah, it's 4, 8, 16, 32, and 64. Thank you. And so then R4s, uh, rarity 4, is the most common of moon minerals. Yes. So... Um, <clears throat> Yeah, so anyway, so with a battleship, you can see that, okay, the total amount that I actually need to mine isn't really going up much at all. It's just the composition is going to change, and I'm going to need some fuel blocks, and I need some uh, pi-planet manufacturing. Then next up in class, there is dreadnoughts. And with dreadnoughts, wow. we can actually see there is a lot of changes. It's a lot less uh, ore that you need to mine for it. Yeah, well, you're still mining ore, but it's going to be moon ore. Right. Yeah. Um, the gray is so. Lower. Yeah. So what you actually see is that uh, it's. I think it's relatively common knowledge, is that what they have done with the capitals is that the capitals are going to require a lot more pyrite and a lot less titanium than they used to be, 
in, in the past, right? And I think also more Maxilon. And Pyrite and Maxilon, uh, well, the capitals are going to need more, but that's also the minerals that you end up getting from mining R4 Mungu as a side product. Right, so if you're mining it or for Mungu, you're mainly there to get hydrocarbons or evaporate deposits, dar for Mungus. But once you're refining those as a side product, you will also get a lot of pyrite and maxilon. Now that pyrite and maxilon already goes into building that dreadnought, so you don't have to then mine it anymore uh, from asteroid ores. So as a result, you have to mine way less asteroid ores, and now you'll have to mine a lot of the R4 Mungu. Instead. I see. Even yeah. though you're getting some uh, minerals from the moon mining, yeah. So you're getting you're getting if with the moon mining. What you're really after is the mungu, the R four mungu, right? And as a, but you also get a lot of pyrite and maxilon as a, as a side product, essentially. As a byproduct. And that pyrite right. and maxilon. So yeah. that's the reason we're seeing so much gray here. That's the moon mining yep. hours that you need to spend because you will get some minerals from that. So yes. you can spend less actually, time mining and, just straight ore. Yeah. Okay. The f there's a funny detail there that's going to be important in a little bit. Pretty interesting story, I think. Uh, well, fact anyway. We'll get into that. But yeah, yeah. so the R for Mungu will give you a lot of pyrite and maxilon. Capitals are going to need much more pyrite and maxilon, but you're already getting that from that R for Mungu. Um, so you can straight away use it into the for the capital then all the other stuff that you need to mine is only this blue part over here now so it's maybe about half as much asteroid ore that you need to actually mine and on top of that of course there's now going to be wormhole and high sec space gas that you're going to need as well for capitals and that's the orange so that's huffing that's the orange that's huffing yep. hours <laughs> yep huffing hours <laughs> Um, with there, I've set, I think it is like a prospect with some very small mining bonus is what, uh, my speed rate for hours of gas moving is. Yeah. So, pro well, Rev, this is my question to you. Why did you put it in terms of hours and not price? <laughs> well, what do you think? <laughs> well, we talked about this earlier. What, uh, tell us why you went hours, why that makes so sense. So the prices are all over the place right now. Um, Partly because, well, there's already scarcity. The scarcity is a phenomena right now. Uh, it's a lot harder to mine all the asteroid ores that you want. You can't find places where you just can put your work wall on a rock for two hours and, you know, keep on mining straight away. Um, as a result, all the prices have been increasing. Then lately, now with the industry changes are announced, of course, everybody's panic building um, the rats and everything else mm. before the mineral changes start hitting or the material changes. So as a result, all the prices are really inflated and out of proportions with how they'll be in the future. Um, so yeah, instead of that, I've chosen like, okay, I'll try to the best that I can reduce it down to hours of actual work. And right. then we look at, okay, relatively how much hours was it? How much hours is it going to be? So you took the market right out of the equation and said, let's go from labor that you have to do, how long it takes you to do something. And that's what we'll yep. compare with the before and after. And that makes sense. Yep, exactly. It's there's some details there because I, of how I had to change from minerals to hours. There's still some price market prices involved in there, but anyway, that's mm -hmm. that's what we're doing there. We're looking at just okay, how much more difficult is it going to be to build this before and after? There's a lot of extra details. It's all about order of magnitude, right? Because with gas hoving, it's always harder to find gas sites to mine than it is typically to find your own moon 
with our four Mungu. So, you know, maybe one hour of prospect mining should be one and a half hours of prospect mining because you have to involve the scanning as well. Right. But it's all about relative size, you know, orders of magnitude. So, yeah. So with the Dreadnought, you can see, okay, um, it's now mostly going to be moon ore mining. There's going to be some asteroid ore mining as well still, about 50% as much as it used to be, and there's going to be gas surfing. On top of that, there is now also the fuel blocks that you need to react your Mungu into the, the products that you need for your capital. And there's also, of course, the planet, uh, planetary interaction uh, that you need to do and the exploration loot. Of course, the exploration loot, nobody knows what it's going to be like, so I can't really put a number on that yet. Right. That doesn't exist yet. So those are additional variables not included in this. Yep. But based on this, um, of course, it's very uh, <laughs> it's very hard to, to, to give a number in public, but based on this, I would expect it's you know about three to four times more work to build a, to build a dreadnought than it used to be, mm -hmm. roughly. Wild. Um, of course, with that, we have to put in context as well that scarcity has been a really big thing lately, and we will likely see, now that these material requirements are going to change or go up, I imagine that we will likely see changes where finding the asteroid ore and finding the gas and exploration loot is going to be easier over time. You know, that scarcity. So the materials that you need are going to be increased, and I expect that eventually uh relatively soon it will follow also that it's going to be a bit easier again to mine and all that sort of stuff right postcarsty so let's look at the bigger ships here yep so here we have super Cap the super carrier and a titan uh what you see with this is well with a super carrier it's vastly dominated by the amount of mungu you need uh, carrier a titan a little bit less so mm -hmm. but you can also see that as you go up in size you also go up in amount of uh, pipe planets that you need right because uh, well it, a dreadnought is about 670 days worth of pipe planet production a super carrier is about 6,000 days and a titan is about 22,000 days <laughs> wow Holy crap. Yeah, it's orders of magnitude bigger. Yep. Of course, one account, three characters, you can have 18 planets. So uh, one account, that. you could do it in about a thousand days, you know? Yeah, you could get that. Yeah. It's a group effort. <laughs> yep. <laughs> now, you can say it's 15 years, but you're not meant to build one on your own. It's supposed to be a corporate or alliance job to build a, a Titan, like it used to be. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, so yeah, so I suppose we can go into a topic that is going to be a little bit curious. Um, is there anything here that we want to hit on still? Uh, are you going to the ratios next? Cause you did have a graph for those ratios. Oh, right. Uh, yes, but I'm going to have I, to. I can send you the link. I posted it. Um, here I'll post it inside of the, uh, chat let me see inside of the darkness station chat or which one yeah inside of, sorry inside of twitter i'll do it one more ah time. hey there we go one, yep. yeah. so this here is a graph another graph that i made and this one is particular about okay how are the minerals going to be distributed between the different hill classes right 
So when we, CCP has always been talking about, um, how do you call it, Dis disconnecting the requirements for the really big ships from, from the smaller ships, right? Mm -hmm. So they don't want it to be that a Titan is literally just building this, the same as building X million of frigates. Right. Yeah, let me let me explain that just a little bit. So the reason that they're doing these production changes, one of the reasons is to draw on more resources in the game. And therefore, they isolate the ingredients that go into a certain ship, which allows them to adjust the price point of the bigger ships without totally affecting the price point of the smaller ships because they can tweak uh, PI, for instance, or they can peak moon minerals, for instance, and that will change some ships, but it won't affect the subcapital ships and they can leave those alone. And it's basically, it is a way for CCP to gain more control over the spread and cost of ships. Because before, yep. if you, if you had a Titan, you, you only needed minerals for a Titan, essentially. And those same minerals could be used for a thousand little ships, but, uh, uh, you know, so you didn't want that relationship to be so uh, direct, and that's again the complexity of ingredients uh, allows more dials to be turned by CCP to make adjustments. Yeah, exactly that, and that's also what you can see. Um, so in this case, we're just looking at the standard asteroid ores, so that's titanium up to up to megasite, this is the basic seven, and what you can see, you get pre-chains, all the ratios of how much titanium towards pyrite compared to maxilon you need. You can see all the way from frigates up to Titan, it's about the same ratio. So really, it really was the case that, okay, if you can build one Titan, you could also just build a million frigates with the same material, right? Both mm -hmm. changes, um, we see a couple changes here. First of all, that the quote unquote rare minerals, um, so that's the top three, the Noxium, Zyder, and the Megazite, which historically I think have only been available from Nilsec. I'm not entirely sure on that. Anyway, so you see that the smaller hull classes, the frigate and the destroyer, don't need them anymore at all. Also, the frigates and the destroyers will mostly be dominated by the amount of titanium you need. Uh, whereas if you go, and which is a high sec, high sec, right? Yeah. Yep. Good point. Um, if you go up into the size of ship that you're building, you will see that, okay, first of all, if I'm building a cruiser or a larger, I am going to need my rarer minerals that are from null sec or low sec or etc um and also i'm going to need them in a different in different ratios so if you see uh if, the, if we go up in size class we start moving from needing a large amount of titanium towards needing a very large amount of pyrite and maxillon instead right so that is you no longer need the same materials for titan as you do for free well you do but in different ratios for titan and for a frigate so that's one of those aspects where they're going to be able to where they're differentiating between uh, hill classes and no longer having that into, that inherent link there. So the above graphs are common ores, and the lower graphs are the stuff that's more special. Yeah, the low that's sec. Just basically. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, low sec, no sec. I'm, it's not strictly that distinction. Um, mm. I've mainly done it because they are relevant. But if I put them in one very long table or one very long column, then you won't you see, won't see how much megasites you need anymore right. because you need like 500 megasites when opposed to you need maybe a million titanium. Yeah, a slice would be too small, so you split them yeah. out. Exactly. That's what I've done there. 
And you can see that yeah, smaller hill classes, they don't need some of the minerals. Anyway, so that's um, that, that's part of how the mineral changes are going to work when it comes to building the smaller hill classes for, compared to the bigger ones. Mm -hmm. The other thing like we see here is that, well, the really large ships are going to be, so battleships are going to need a little bit of R4 Mungu mm -hmm. relative to how much asteroid ore. Uh, the capitals are going to need a, a lot of R4 Mungu. Yeah, relative to the amount of it's so ore. so clear on this graph just how imposing the uh, moon moon uh, ore is, yep. or the moon mining. Now there is one thing that I have discovered, um, which is a little bit of interesting information. Mm -hmm. um, might be anyway. What you do if if you're mining all this R four Mungu. Right, you're mining all the R for Mungu that you need to build um, to build to build a capital ship, and that's the hydrocarbons and that sort of stuff. Actually, if we go back into my web tool, right, so we're here we're talking about this atmospheric gases, hydrocarbons, silicates, um, etc. If you look at those, the vast majority of that stuff that you need, the R for Mungu goes into something called a uh, where is it a core temperature regulator so if we look at my tool here in the tree viewer you see okay core temperature regulator over here to build a titan any titan i need ten thousand of them ten thousand of those core temperature regulators is going to um, account for 90 percent of all the r4 mungu that i need to build my titan Right. Mm -hmm. So those core temperature regulators are going to be one of the core components um, for building capitals. Actually, when you're looking at how much R4 Mungu you need, and then how what fraction of R4 Mungu it goes into these temperature regulators. Hmm. So a battleship only needs one, and that's that. That one is this. The one that one core temperature regulator is a, a large part fraction of this R4. <laughs> uh -huh. A Standard capital, a dreadnought needs 250. That is largely this part. A Titan or a super, uh, well, yeah, Titan needs 10,000, which is largely this one over here. Mm. So that that core temperature regulator is going to be one of the components that I think, I think anyway, Choke is going point. to substantiate a large amount of the value of the hill. Yeah, that's also what he just pointed out can be a production choke point. Uh, so if you want to get into a business, going to definitely be lucrative you want to build those things yeah you'll have massive volumes of uh, isk flowing through so yeah and they're they're not very easy to haul um do you, so do you have the size yeah. on there how how big are they uh, so what you can see for one titan you need ten thousand of them and that's ten thousand or ten million cubic meters so that's about Ooh. 10 freighters worth yeah of course, if you look at it in detail, what you can see is, okay, my 10 million cubic meters, uh, 9.5 million cubic meters of, the, of those materials, essentially, is just water. Jeez. And water is just pie that you can make locally. Yeah, yeah. So what you'll probably want to do is just buy pressurized oxidizers and reinforced carbon fiber here, haul those in, then build your water locally, and then from that, you only need to haul in 1 million cubic meter of stuff instead of 10 million. Right, because you're building your pie locally. Right. Much and better. if you're doing that, then you have to do way less jump freightering and it's way more sense. That's the sort of stuff that people are going to build their 
uh, industry facilities around, probably, or their, their setup, their their network around. Yeah. Making those decisions. Okay, what can I haul? What's actually better to build locally, and then haul the other little bits from other people. Well, your uh, shipping information here or cargo space information or scale or volume information mm -hmm. is so important for that reason alone. You just pointed it out. Yep. Like you can develop strategy looking at this. Exactly. That's the idea. Um, so now we go into the interesting aspects, I suppose. Uh, well, <laughs> some other interesting aspects. Um, so what I was talking about is with R4 Mungu, once you're uh, when, when you're mining that and you're reprocessing it, you will end up with a lot of pyrite and maxillon, right? Now with a battleship, um, all that pyrite and maxillon that you make because you only need like one of these core temperature regulators and some other stuff, you don't need that much R4 Mungu, so you can just use it all up into your capital ship that you're building. In a something like a dreadnought or a titan, maybe at least a dreadnought anyway. Uh, you will ac actually end up with an excess amount of pyrite. So over here, I have to mine all this Mungu here to actually be able to build my capital ship, right? To get all those hydrocarbons and evaporated deposits, etc., to build the score temperature regulators and also other modules, it's not just those, um, to build my capital ship. But as a result from mining all that R for Mungu, I'm going to get a lot of pyrite and maxillon as a side product. When you're looking at that, you're actually going to get more pyrite and maxillon than what you need to build your capital hull. So you will actually have leftovers in, in essence. Is that somehow balanced the amount of you looked? Is that like just enough to do a battleship or just enough to do a dreadnought? Like what's the excess amount of you correlated it, it downstream? It can be rather large. It's surprisingly large sometimes. Like with a, uh, what is it? I think with, yeah, with a freighter, you get like six six times the amount of pyrite that you actually need um, from to to build the freighter hull. Sometimes so throw that into some uh, battleships along with your freighter. <laughs> exactly, yeah. yeah. And also, what the interesting thing is, of course, is that pyrite and maxillon is really high volume. Well, especially pyrite, really high volume. Um, anyway, I may have. To, I'm fairly sure that these numbers are accurate, even though this is a surprising result to me that there's like so mm -hmm. much pyrite excess that you're going to get from this mungu um so i'm not entirely sure what's the deal with that i'm fairly certain those numbers are accurate but i may have to double check them um but it might end up being the case that pyrite and maxillon become a little bit of a trash Sur mineral a surplus. surplus mineral yeah yeah exactly a byproduct what it what it what is another side of this though is that um Pyrite is not at all easy to hull, right? Because it's a physical mineral. It's you need a lot of it to actually build a um, to build a capital ship, even though there is a lot available from the Arthur Mungu mining. But it does mean that you, if you can, you probably want to preferably mine your Arthur Mungu in the same place that you're building your capital ships as well, right? Because then the pyrite is already available locally. Whereas otherwise, you will have to you know, jump in freighters worth of just surplus-ish pyrite minerals to still build your capitals if you're also hauling in your Mungu from somewhere else. So this is all part of this equation of how I'm going to set up my industry facilities to build what I want in the end. Yeah, this is super advanced stuff, uh, which is looking at 
what your harvesting rates are, how much you're going to use, what byproducts you'll have, how much yep. hauling potential you have, and calculating all that into a scenario where you say, you know, I need to build this stuff locally and other stuff I can run to the market for that. And that's yep. fantastic stuff. So there's, there's, when you look at that compared to pre-changes, there is a fast more depth available for setting up your, well, either doing a lot of things on your own or setting it up with other people, making a network, having everybody do their job, their niche, let's say. There's, there's, there's some real extra complexity on how to set this all up correctly. And I'm sure that's something that people are going to find out over the next six months or so. Yeah. That's really where the, I think the reason it's taking, and I talked to Kenneth about this, who's on the CSM, massive industrialist, uh, and he worked on this for some 300 hours. He put, spent a lot of time on this. It's not his idea. He no. just helped with the calculations to smooth them out so that they weren't so, um, there weren't any blind spots that CCP, this is all CCP's idea. Let's get that straight. But in spending so much time with it, he said it took him a good month just to get his head around all the moving parts because everything's moving. And I think yeah. uh, you're demonstrating just how many details you have to consider to hold into your head and consider before you actually make a plan. Yeah. So that's so. So what you'll probably is going to happen is that a lot of people are just going to think, okay, this is too complex. I'm looking at this subsection here. I'm going to build only core temperature regulators. I'm going to only build this FTL component. That's it. And then I'll just trade it to other people. Because the whole yeah. the whole picture is going to be basically a full-time job figuring it out. Yeah, exactly. And uh, then and I have spent, I mean, first of all, I already had quite a bit of knowledge with making the website. And I've spent additionally quite a few days figuring out all these numbers and how it's going to roughly uh, interact with each other. Yeah. Now, some of the fears that people have is like, hey, you're taking something away from me. I used to be able to just build a battleship and voila, I could just do it all myself. And now I have to go into NullSec to get a certain ingredient or whatever for the ship build. And we just want to remind you that there were uh, parts of ships that you always needed to go to some other area to get. You just bought it, you know, whatever it was, whether it was Megasite or something else, you just bought it at the market. And it's the same scenario. Yep. It's just more uh, a variety of things you need to buy. Yep, exactly. And you might want to say, okay, buying everything is going to be too voluminous. I can't haul everything. So I'm just going to do my low tier pie, which is a lot of volume, but not that much risk and not that much time. Going to do that locally. By the exit, by the other little bits of materials which are more expensive and harder to make, but are not as much volume. Combine them and then build my thing. Mm -hmm. Can you throw a carrier up there somehow, Thanatos or, uh, yeah? The reason I'm I'm looking at carriers is these things um, are going to be complex, and they kind of seem to be in a little bit of a short supply. At least we heard tests saying we're kind of soft on carriers. We have plenty of dreads. We don't. Ooh. We need more carriers. <laughs> And I've been hearing that from other people too, that there aren't like the carrier population uh, isn't as high as it was. So if there are stockpiles and people burn through stockpiles, probably one of the first things that will uh, be interesting to build might be a carrier. I'm, I'm thinking that that might be. Uh, yeah. So uh, if I wanted I'm to set up a carrier building operation, like uh, what advice would you have for me? 
What advice would I have? Uh, let's see. That's a tough question. Yeah, you don't have to. Yeah, I mean, prices are totally unknown yet. Whatever, what's going to be available in large volumes in the in, in local or GDA markets is also unknown yet. What advice do I have? <laughs> yeah, it's it, it's. Uh, I have to look at all these details to figure it out. But I think this tool really helps in isolating like what I should build locally, what I should farm locally, what I should make relationships to buy off other people, like gases, for instance. Yeah, like all that is the key to success in the future is figuring out what you want to focus on. If you want to do the final build, find suppliers. If you want to be a supplier, find clients. Like those are the the things you should be looking into right now. Exactly. So, well, one of the things is like, there's some really complex parts which at one point reduce into something very simple. Like, for example, the FTL interlink module is really complex as to whatever everything that you need to input to build it. Yeah, look at all that stuff. But of course, you could just buy it from somebody else and it's actually quite easy to haul. So, there will probably be people who will, as a niche, only be building FTL interlink communicators. Yeah, good Specifically, for something to buy. Sorry, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Specifically, um, it is the only component that needs these high-tier wormhole gases. So, who knows? I'm not saying it will happen that way, but maybe that's something that some wormhole groups will specialize in, into building those components and then hauling them out. Uh, also, for wormholes, a lot of the lower-tier wormhole gases, uh, once you refine them, are going to be quite a bit smaller, so they're going to be easier to haul. So, what this likely going to happen for these people that live in warmer spaces they don't haul out the warmer gas but they instead might haul out the reacted warmer stuff because it's just that much easier to move around yeah. uh, and then and as a consequence of course also it's probably in higher demand because if somebody in nilsec is trying to build their titan it's going to be much easier for him to just buy those components in jita and then ship them then instead of just buying the raw warmer gases you know, one of the cool things, I work in advertising, and one of the cool things about uh, advertising is you realize a lot of times they're just buying up ad space. This is going to make sense in a second. You just buy up ad space with really basic commercials. And I was thinking, why are you buying up so much ad space with such a basic commercial? And it's it's called, oh, I forget what it's called, but you're depriving other people of that ad space. So it might be interesting in the future is the level of warfare that comes into logistic attacks by denying people access to resources. That might mean a lot more choke points on the market or diplomacy to say, hey, wormhole guys, don't sell this stuff to these people and make it really hard for them to build their arsenal again. All that kind of gameplay is now much more a reality than it was before. Yep. Of course, when something like that happens, uh, those people who aren't aligned with that group We'll see. Hey, there's a lot of demand for this stuff. I'm going to build that, and then I'll they'll, that they'll be able to charge much higher prices because there's a lot of demand for it, and it's right. being manipulated. Right. And but now you have ISK attrition, uh, you know, which now matters. And when money is an object, people have to make different decisions than when money is no object, which is what we had for the last three, four years. Yeah. Yep, Very exactly cool. that. You got uh, anything else you want to tell us, Revendal, before we wrap up? Uh, let me see. I had a... Anything else specifically? Um, well, I suppose the table that was been, that has been linked, right? Uh, what, they weren't able to access it, so I don't know if it's being shared or not. 
Ah, right. I didn't, so okay. I didn't did, want to bother you with that. Did no. you do any of the analysis for the faction uh, for the frigates and for the cruisers? Because those are also changing too, right? The yes. the uh, empire and the pirate uh, empire and the pirate faction ships are changing those. So did you do that analysis? Yeah, so uh, okay. in that table that I was talking about... Oh, right there, about, there's there, there, right there. Oh, I'm sorry. There, there, there. Um, take all these numbers with a grain of salt, because prices are weird, and mining amounts are weird right now, and it's going to change in the future, and et cetera, et cetera. I'm sure CCP is going to ch still change some stuff as well. Take it all with a grain of salt. This is roughly the layout of how what it looks like in you know amount of hours effort into building something specific. Yeah. So what you can see, for example, with a frigate... Uh, team can you, can you is... zoom in uh, a lot more to just to make yeah. All right. I see. So, so... The, real quick, the uh, the green are for um, the green are for navy, and I think the darker green are for pa uh, pirate. Yes. And the uh, white is the vanilla. So f there you go. Yep. So you can see that okay, number of hours of mining asteroid ore doesn't really change between pirate or standard, but you see okay, there's some more our four Mungu that then gets involved into actually making some of those new faction components. Uh, and also there's going to be gas involved. One interesting thing is that anything subcapital, uh, basically anything subcapital that is faction will need some gas, but it will not need wormhole space gas. Thermal space gas is only involved in once you're starting to talk about uh, capital manufacturing. If that makes sense. Yes, that's very that's a very good point. So wormhole gas into capital, not other things. Yep. So faction ships, yes, they will need gas, but only the normal kind of gases. Um, and if you look at the tree viewer, and I'll now go to I don't know something like an Ortrus. There you can see, okay, what is actually happening over here? Uh, well, as compared to a normal caracal, what I need extra is some these special components over here. Now, this auto integrity preservation seal, something you also see with the battleships, life support backup units, something you'll see with battleships as well. You'll need some of that for faction ships, but you need what I would like to call the faction specific component, essentially. Right, so there's two components that are needed um, for an Ortrus because an Ortrus is related to two different factions, and I think it's uh, what is it? Is it's called Arian? What's the other one? Uh, Sisters of Eve, isn't it? So no, it's uh, Galante, I think. Yeah. Anyway, if, to fly an Ortrus, you need but I'm two. I'm think of who's it. I'll take it out. Two factions of uh, well, uh, isn't Mortis Legion? I think is the Ortrus. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. But, so um, that's Caldari and Galente. Galente, I think, right. yeah, because it's on the north. Where the, all right, yeah. anyway, yeah, you're right. But anyway, so every faction is going to have their own new faction-specific component, and that's the stuff that's going to need to be built from these new um, from these new exploration drops, like the condensers, uh, as well as some other stuff. The warm, yeah. uh, the the, the, the case-based gases, right. basically. It is Calvary um, and Galante. So. Yeah. so you need parts from both races, is what you're saying. That's right, to do the factions. That's right. And and what is basically happening is if you if you want to have a frigate, you only need like one or two. If you have a cruiser, you need 10. If you have a battle cruiser, you think you need, I don't know, 25 or something. I don't remember. Uh, and then if you have a, um, a a Navy faction, you only need one type, of course, because it's only related with Calvary, for example. But if you have a pirate faction, you need both types. 
um, of, of, of this racial component, let's say. Yeah, I like that. Race matters. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I, I believe those condensers are always also only found in regions which are corresponding to that race as well. So, uh, therefore, you know, stimulating trade. Exactly. If there's a lot of demand for uh, materials and a lot of people want their Minmatar uh, Minmatar race ships, then there's going to have to be a lot of explo in Minmatar space to find those things. Yeah. My God, the more I think about this, the more it's a gigantic like work program for HiSec. You know, the amount of things that are going to be needed. Yep. Yeah, From and the pricing is going nuts. Just for a giggle, I went and looked at the prices just for uh, for the uh, Keldari freighter, the Charon, or Charon, mm -hmm. however you like to say it. Sure. Right now, right now, it's like for the parts, just for the capital, capital armor plates, capital construction parts, capital cargo bay, and the capital propulsion engines. Four point one billion isk just to buy those parts right now in Jita. And the sh and the freighter itself is only selling for two point one. Oh, insane! And of course, that's just going to continue. Uh, I just picked the freighter because I was looking at it. Well, again, uh, prices are crazy. They may go down. They may go up. It depends on uh, the work ethic of the populace. So, and the opportunities yep. that people see. At the moment, which is why I went with this hours hours of work approach, is I expect that's a given how prices are, that's a more reasonable um, factor for long for estimating the long term price of something, right? Yeah. Like we said, yeah. a dreadnought is maybe going to take three to four times the work as it used to. Um, now, before scarcity and before, well, before scarcity is really hit. Um, and before anybody knew about any of these industry changes, I think dreadnoughts were selling for maybe 1.52 bill, something like that. Mm -hmm. So long-term, it's an estimate. We never know how post-scarcity will look like, um, but maybe it might be three to four times that. So a dreadnought might be six to eight bill, something like that. Yeah. Well, and that's it right there, right? Like there one group could control the blue hours, right? We can we can throw enough people at the blue hours, asteroid mining, in NullSec, for instance. But what they've done, what CCP has done is said, we're not going to tax the, uh, the ore. We'll make it scarce, and that hurts. But here's the double whammy. That we're going to make the blue scarce. But now we're going to add two different components, moon ore and gases. And now you got to spend moon, you got to spend time uh, getting those and more time getting those. So you got different things. You got to spend more time getting them. And that hits everybody the same, large or small organizations, I believe. Um, well, smaller get hurt because they have to probably buy stuff. But I just uh, love the idea of CCP attacking a problem from many different directions, especially hitting the man hours. Because that's game time. That's play time. That's actual. That's not something you can just AFK uh, as easily. Okay. Uh, fantastic show. Lots of stuff in here. It's a, <laughs> it's a big, big eve, right? It's a, we're on the eve of these changes that are coming tomorrow. They're going to just blow on the, everybody. On the eve away. of the changes. Wow. Eve of the changes. There is one thing we'll end on here. Uh, I just want to make sure you don't have anything else, Revendal. Did you show everything you wanted to? Um, you just cut out for me. Did you show everything that you wanted to? 
Um, yeah, I think so. Uh, I will say again, part of our engineers, we have a really active, well, a really good corp, I think. But uh, we lo love doing our own small, medium gang size uh, PvP fleets as well. I, I'm actually quite a big PvP player. Um, but yeah, we do all this, this sort of stuff as well. On the, uh, so uh, if people are interested in joining a corp, then uh, we're also looking for people. All right. Who wouldn't want to hang out with you, Mastermind? Uh, how do they? Uh, what's the name of the corp? Go ahead and uh, tell us one more it's, time or type it in. It's Air, yeah. It's IR Engineers or Era Engineers. Um, I, do, I can't. I can't type in the Twitch chat right now. I'll uh, post it in it. the TIS Discord, maybe. But you hang out. You can hang out with us at TIS. So if you guys want to meet uh, Revendal, you can hang out in TIS and get information from him there. But uh, yeah. Oh. There it is, Iron Engineers, uh, now part of Recon. Do you know yes. Apollo 4, 428? I know. I've not spoken to him that much, but yeah, I know. Yeah, he's your leader. I've, he was... um, I've talked to him, actually, when, uh, when we were first looking at uh, joining the group. Yeah, he's a fun guy. <laughs> uh, okay, so the one other thing that we didn't really cover uh, here, because it's a whole other program, and we're going to have a different show on it, and that is... Uh, what's really interesting is that Catalysts and Talosis are both going down in price because it's a battle cruiser and a destroyer. Those are all going down in price, and those are ganking ships. And right. it's going up in price are freighters and jump freighters. And so basically the equation for ganking is fantastic in the future if you're into that kind of lifestyle. So we're going to take a closer look at that relationship, especially in the wake of these industry changes on Thursday. And uh, we'll be talking to somebody from, formerly from Code, I believe. But it won't be who you think it is. It's not anybody. Uh, it's Xenius it's, uh, Desif, and I believe he uh, streams as well. Uh, so uh, we're, we're going to look at that relationship at ganking with one of the guys that does it all the time. So that will be on Thursday. On Wednesday, we're going to do, as we said, a, a look at the, uh, I guess, public declarations that uh, people in the war made over the weekend, which would be like a Matani, a Vili, a Pro-God Legend, or Gobbins. They made speeches. We talked about at the beginning of the show. We're going to look into those and actually play the audio and have reactions to what they're saying and break them down for you so you can see what they're trying to do. There's what they say, and there's what they're trying to do. And we're going to separate those things for you. And then tomorrow, we'll be talking with Kenneth again. Maybe we'll have Rav back, but we're going to look at what we suspect are going to be the massive changes to industry. So all day tomorrow, we'll be looking at these industry changes and put a good show together for you to try to understand what the reality is. We'll see what actually is patched in compared to what was talked about. <laughs> yep. No easy task. All right. Well, um, I mean, if you want me to back at some point to... Uh talk numbers and industry and stuff like that again then uh, i'm happy to great so. well we love having you yeah it might yeah maybe it might, tomorrow. It might, yeah maybe a good strategy to divide and conquer if uh, if uh, you know the changes are going to be as big as they are with the um you know because you know they prepped pretty good i would expect there's going to be no immediate changes but you know there's always a little surprise in the box sometimes and maybe there was uh, or maybe there's an oopsie and they don't uh, they they miss something or something. So it'd be good. Well, it's you know we'll see what happens tomorrow. It's almost like Christmas Eve here, you know, in my mind. In the if you're an industrialist, <laughs> yeah. it's like what's going to happen tomorrow? 
What am I getting? What am I getting under the tree? I yeah, would. This... <laughs> I would go back and Turning watch. Be surprising. Yeah, I would go back and watch the show that we just did like a couple times to get your head around like the stuff. Uh, we're gonna hopefully that tool will be up and running today for tomorrow, and, uh, and then you guys can visualize what you know what this what your strategy is going to be. I think that's huge, huge. Yeah. Uh, one last Thanks. thing. Wait, sorry. I, what, what, one I was last... just going to simply say thanks to the audience for hanging in there for two yeah. hours. Right. Yeah, that's a very long one. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry, Matterall. It's okay. I just wanted some big takeaways, uh, and that is uh, remember that you you can't do it all yourself anymore, or it's going to put a big strain on you unless you're doing small stuff. Uh, so start developing relationships with other players. I think that'll benefit you, and maybe start or, looking. Or, or of course, look at your markets. Exactly. Or look at your markets and maybe maybe start building a market. Maybe you build a mid-tier thing and you start populating a local market. Uh, yep. Don't think of playing EVE the way you played it before. After tomorrow, everything's changing. This is maybe the most significant update we've seen in possibly uh, since structures came into effect. And before that, uh, maybe, uh, gosh, I don't even know. Uh, could be since wormholes came into effect. This is one of those changes that is gigantic. It changes the game in a fundamental ways, as you've seen, because everything relies on the underpinnings of people building things for people. And all that has just created incredible demand for other players to go and get things that are needed to build those things. So it's a huge, huge change. All right, man. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, exactly that. Um, I'm sure there will be many iterations to follow, though. But uh, yeah, exactly that. Well, we'll be seeing a lot more of you, Rev. Uh, thanks for coming by today and staying up late over in the EU time zone. <laughs> yep, yep. We'll try My pleasure. Earlier. <laughs> All right. <laughs> thanks, Rundle. Appreciate you being here. And thank you guys for hanging around with Talking in Stations. We'll be back tomorrow after the big patch. It's patch day. Have a great night. We'll see you tomorrow.